This is the Fathering Project podcast, Figuring It Out Together, where we tackle many challenges facing dads and father figures and explore fathering across all ages, from newborns to toddlers, school age and teenagers. We speak with experts in their fields to help you navigate solutions and positive outcomes for each stage of your fathering journey. Let's figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Fathering Project podcast. Katy Gapayar here, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Josh Waldhorn. Josh is a dad of two teen boys, designer, producer, and recently featured on Channel 9's reality TV show, The Summit. Today we chat to Josh about his fatherhood journey, his experience on The Summit, and how the challenge impacted his journey of self-discovery. Josh, a big welcome to you. Good morning. Thank you very much. Lovely to finally be speaking to you. It's great to have you on board. Josh, can you give our listeners a brief insight into yourself and your fatherhood journey to date? I can try. Um, look, in, in a nutshell, um, I've, uh, I'm Josh. You've said that already. I'm 53. I've run my own design and um, branding and communication practice for about 33 years um, and I'm at the stage in life where I'm wanting to sort of mix mix things up a little bit. Um, we'll, we can talk in depth about uh, life that's left, but uh, need to get on with it. Uh, and I'm talking as an emerging actor, uh, having previously produced and directed various um, uh, shows. But I I met um, I met an Australian um, lady in 1994 in London, um, and kind of did what a lot of people do and followed my heart um, to Australia. Um, so I followed her and we lived in Sydney for about 15 years. And in that process, we we ran, as young people do, naively and innocently through the daisy field of life, uh, hand in hand, um, acquiring debt everywhere we looked. You know, we had, um, we had children, <laughs> um, not quite two and a half children, but we had two children, as you pointed out. And... Look, you know, it was the it was the the eye of the storm of life, I suppose, which um, I think most parents would be familiar with. Uh, it, life becomes a massive juggle. It's not about you anymore. Uh, you have a you have a, a a team to to look after and feed, and and invariably there are times of anxiety and stress and tiredness. And look, I guess when my eldest uh, son was eleven, uh, and I'm giving you the real broad stroke here. Uh, my wife decided that she'd had enough. Um, you know, we had started living parallel lives. Um, didn't think that and that was just the way it was and there was nothing to worry about. But she had processed for a number of years sort of un unhappiness, which I was aware of. So it was all a bit of a shock. It was a bit unexpected. Um, and uh, when when we we got to the day um of telling the boys that we were going to separate uh, I said well you know I'm not doing it you do it you tell the boys um hoping for some you know drama and fireworks from them but they were very they were very calm actually <laughs> I was quite disappointed um you know they they immediately saw the upside um the upside of the separation you know two homes two sets of gifts and um and all the rest of it um and then look again I'm Sort of paraphrasing dramatically here but then i i entered a um two years of of 
real darkness and, and heartache. Um, I, I was pretty crushed by the departure of my wife and the breakup uh, of of my family, which meant everything to me. And, and, and I'm a deeply loyal person. And um, I got to the point where I really didn't feel like I could be a good parent to my kids. Uh, I was so utterly self-absorbed in my misery um, and and pain. Went through a lot of you know deep introspection. Um, and look, I guess I realised. Um, and I dated, I dated like a man possessed. I mean, I got straight onto the dating scene, which, which, which really was kind of a, uh, a, a neurofen. It was, it was paracetamol for, for the pain. I just didn't like being by myself and I ne- needed confirmation or affirmation that I was still attractive, you know, and, um, that there was still something that people would like in me, um, having been, I suppose, rejected. Um, and then look, I realized, um, I mean, I was very embarrassed that the boys would find out that I was dating um, because I didn't want them to sort of then put try and put two two and get two and two together and think, oh, well, that's why you know um, that's what happened. Um, but I very quickly realised that my children's happiness was directly linked to my own, um, and that they didn't care how many people I dated. Um, so I, I I literally pulled my finger out and 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 got out of the slump and I realized actually um, the the conclusion to that was that I actually realized that my wife had done me an enormous favor um, that she had been much much braver than I ever would have been um, I realized that my ego had a lot to play um, with the pain that I was in. Um, and that I was actually happily unhappy or had been happily unhappy. And I think I said this to you before, Katty, that, you know, that as you say that over and over to yourself, you think, well, hang on, being happily unhappy is not acceptable. Um, and I need to be a good parent. I need to come back. Um, so I effectively had a, a renaissance in the last seven years, which is how long it's been since we separated and have subsequently divorced. Uh, we're very good friends. Um, I've come back to life. I've rediscovered the Josh that I used to love, uh, which makes me, you know, a much better person to be around and a, and a better parent. Um, and the, um, uh, my ex-wife and I have shared, initially shared the boys 50, 50, 50. Um, that split has changed a little bit just with the boys you know, evolving age and, and want, you know, requirements to be close to friends and all the rest of it. But that's, that's effectively the, 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 you know, the, the fatherhood journey to date. Um, So it's, (laughs) yes, it's been, it's been extreme. It's been extreme, but I'm, I'm in a very good place at the moment. Thank you for sharing so openly your journey. Oh, was it too much? (laughs) Not at all, no. Look, um, there are a lot of families who go through a similar thing and you've got two teenage boys as well and that must be a handful. But what would be your best piece of advice for any dads who are listening, who are navigating a similar turbulent time within their marriage and trying to be really good dads to their kids, um, but finding it difficult to do that because of what's going on at the personal level? Look, it's a, it's, it's a really, it's a really difficult and hard place to sort of navigate that darkness because you really don't feel like yourself. You become somebody else. Um, and 
you know that self-absorption is is kind of hard to it, it's kind of hard to, to to avoid but all i would say is try to be kind to yourself and try to be kind to your partner because there's a reason why you know your marriage or your relationship hasn't worked or isn't working um and no one is really to blame. Everybody deserves to be happy, including yourself. You know, don't focus so much on what you've done wrong. You know, what you should have done better. Um, focus on on why this has come about, and focus on what you need to be happy. You know, are you happy? What what's missing for you? So flip the focus around is is really what I'm saying, and be kind and and gracious, and you will navigate your way through. You'll pull yourself out of that dark hole. And, you know, if, you know, ho hopefully um, you'll you'll look back and you'll go, wow, that was um, that was a good a good decision because I'm now actually um, free to be myself again. And that, um, you know, makes perfect sense because your happiness as a parent or as a father is directly linked to your children's happiness. So you can't be the right kind of dad that you want to be unless you're in a good place yourself. So thinking about that, what are some of the most rewarding aspects of fatherhood that you have experienced to date, given, you know, the turbulent seven years that you've gone through recently? Look, um, it's a massive, a massive topic. To be honest, even considering myself uh, a father still freaks me out, um, you know, even after you know, well, I don't know how many, what the combined years is, but, you know, they're, they're 18 and, and 19 now, just about. Um, when they call me dad, I still kind of look at them and go, sorry, are you, are you talking to me? You know, it's like, <laughs> are you sure I'm your dad? Um, I don't feel to this day, I still don't feel responsible enough to have raised two boys and that they're, and for them to still be alive, to be honest. Um, uh, but you, you, I suppose the sobering part of it is you realize there's only two jobs that you have as a father, in my opinion, um, and that is to love them and is to keep them alive. <laughs> Those are the two fundamental tasks that have sort of been, you know, give, given to me as a dad. Um, and I guess when you realize that, you know, that you are actually there, everything, you know, you are the most important or, you know, one of two at least most important people in their lives and how impressionable they are and how they do feel your mood and they do read your 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 emotions um so it's an enormous responsibility um that that i feel that i've had to demonstrate to them also what a good human should look like you know going into life that's my that's my job uh, i've got an enormous role to play and i suppose one of you know during the separation i was you know, obviously, you know, keen to to have time with them. And I did organize a trip to um, to go on a trek to Nepal um, with both of the boys. We actually had an invitation to a, a Sherpa's wedding, which I just I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't ignore. It was one of those once in a lifetime um, opportunities. But uh, cutting a long story short, uh, that, you know, the three of us um, trekked to the top of uh, Poon Hill to watch uh, the sun rise, dawn over the Annapurna range. And I stood there with both the boys, one on either side of me. Um, I burst into tears at the, just the sheer beauty and the grandeur of what we were seeing. 
my eldest son also burst into tears or actually maybe he didn't but he was saying god dad isn't it beautiful isn't it stunning and the and the other son um next to me there's a younger one said i don't know what all the fuss is about it's just a rock with snow on it you know i just, all this fuss um and i thought you know what I, I i was in a moment when i couldn't have been happier i got two very different two very different souls um who are part of me you know i made them from nothing they are my gang you know this is my crew um and that was that was probably a moment um of of extreme of extreme happiness and of of you know love and achievement and i then subsequently based on that passion that the that my eldest had shown took him to climb kilimanjaro um the youngest would rather go and shopping in new york you know he's one of those types um not that he has um they're not spoiled but i took um i took the oldest to um to climb kilimanjaro and he was the youngest second youngest by three months to climb it and it was such a self-discovery for him too as a, uh, in confidence and his ability to push through discomfort which is something that when you look at teenagers i mean anything they don't like they drop in a heartbeat you know um so to have have a teenager display passion or a desire to do anything was an absolute thrill and to know that i was integral and played a part in that and, and he still he still talks about it as something that's shaped him uh, to this day um so yes th those are a couple of couple of super proud moments of of father, fatherly love and realization um, what you've just said, Josh, confirms the saying that you don't know what love is until you have kids, um, but you also don't know what challenge is until you have kids. So no, you don't. And you know what? I've I've often talked about uh, not really sort of knowing what true love is because all of your life it's really all about you. As you're growing up, it's about you. It's about you. It's about you. You know, you got school, and then you're following the, you know, the status quo: school, university, find a partner, get married. You've now got a partner in life. It's all about a team, but it's actually not. It's still, in my mind, it's still really about you. Um, and it's only when that little little child is born that that is instantly dismissed. The minute that child is born, there's not a hesitation. You know, you'll take that bullet, you'll take that truck in a heartbeat, and that is an enormous shift after in my case 30 odd years of me so yes you don't know it until they're looking at you right in your, into your eyes it's extraordinary it is a most extraordinary and rewarding experience um and i wanted to talk to you about climbing now because climbing mountains um is both emotionally challenging and uplifting so i wanted to understand you know a little bit about your journey on the summit and what inspired you to apply for the show and take part in that? <laughs> That's a very good question. Um, look, I, I actually, I, I wasn't inspired to be on the show. It was a friend of mine that actually called and, and told me that she had put my name forward for it. Um, and I just was funnily enough at a, at a bit of a crossroads in life, which I sort of indicated um, at the beginning of this conversation when and it's like, well, what's the next sort of 20, 30 years of my life going to look like? Is it going to look like the way it's been for the last, the previous 30 years? And to be honest, the answer to that is, shit, I hope not. I really don't want to do the same again. It's not good enough. Um, I mean, it sounds conceited when we're, you know, we live in a very fortunate world. 
um, compared to the, the most of the rest of the world. But the fact is, we're in this world, so I, I, I can't apologize for that. But I, I, I'm not, and, and having just lost my father, I watched him, I watched him give up when he was still capable. Um, and I, I suppose it's the fear of not living life. It's, it's letting complacency set in, the middle-aged complacency, which I think is the biggest, the biggest enemy of middle age is complacency. Um, you know, it's, it's about embracing fear, the unknown, you know, getting out of the comfort zone. Um, comfort, comfort zones are nice, safe, warm, snuggly places, but I think they're terribly dangerous if you stay there for too long. So, um, and also I suppose at 53 years of age, I've, I've actually never been better equipped to live life. And I'm talking about the next 25, 30 years. Why, why would I, when I finally got the tools to live my life, why would I turn my back on them and start powering down? And I see so many people start powering down. Oh no, I don't have the energy for that anymore. Um, they're just happy to crawl into that comfort zone. And I'm absolutely determined that's not going to be me. So when this opportunity came along, I thought, you know what? Yes. Why not? It ticks all the boxes. I mean, how, how, how out of your comfort zone can you be? You know, middle-aged man going on a national um, reality TV show, bring it on. So, and look, I, I, so I said yes. And then I went through the whole process of, of various interviews and, and casting calls and then full psych tests, which was very in-depth. I mean, I learned stuff about myself just from the, the depth of questions they were asking and then a full physical and, and, and was one of 14 people out of thousands to be, to be chosen. So yes, that was, that was the, the motivation. I suppose it coincided with, with, with what I, with how I wanted to live. And I thought, what a great way to kick this, kick the campaign off for the next, uh, the next chapter of my life. It's inspiring. It's, um, sorry, it's inspiring that you took a leap out of your comfort zone the way you did um, and put yourself out there um, to, as you're saying, experience life and feel the joys of it again um, from a slump position. That's really inspiring, Josh. Um, parenting frequently calls for adaptability and resilience, um, to say the least. Did any <laughs> tell me about life, it? Yes. Did any real life experiences shape the way you handled the high pressure moments during the summit? Do you know? I think you've said it yourself. I think it was the life experience that I've had is what you know um, allowed me to be able to to take this challenge on. I mean, that's what I was talking about. You know, that that toolkit. You know, that um, qualification that I finally have after all this time of life. You know, I've I've been in so many situations. Um, I've I've learned resilience. Um, mountaineering, I suppose, has been you know, in general, been my learning ground for what I'm capable of um, and has taught me resilience um, other than obviously what you naturally pick up along the way. So in a way, the summit of being part of the summit was, yes, it was it was difficult. Yes, it was challenging. And and once Jackie and Kitty were, were gone, I was the eldest by 14 years. Um, uh, so, and being able to keep, you know, go toe to toe with the young ones um, was you know, was was a wonderful thing um, to experience. Um, I'd say the reason it was super tough was that, um, you know, I, it was physical as well as mental. Um, you know, at the end of a 
seven hour day of hiking and filming and doing challenges, which um, uh, you, you've seen. I mean, those challenges were, were absolutely energy sapping. And you just at the end of the day, all you wanted to do was climb into a sleeping bag. <laughs> but when you did, excuse me, but when you did finally climb into that sleeping bag, you couldn't switch off because you were having to start you're having to be cunning you have to sort of think about you know the 20 chess moves because you knew that the other the other contestants were doing the same um and i don't know about you but but thinking through one chess move is exhausting enough so um and that's without the physical stuff that came before it so it was um yeah it was it was it was pretty tough but I think um, you had the upper hand of having been a parent because as a parent, there's always unexpected challenges that require quick thinking and flexibility. So that would have set you up for success there. A hundred percent. And, and um, look, you know, it was, they were very, very capable people. And I, you know, I think some of them, um, you know, had were way beyond their years, which was, you know, a bit daunting. But I think, Yes, um, I felt like I did have the upper hand just because I was wiser and more experienced. Um, and if any of them are listening, then don't take that the wrong way. But it's just a fact, you know. I've lived, I've lived longer. You know, I've, I've, I've learned more about myself. I've learned more about how I deal with things or how to deal with situations that perhaps some of the younger people, you know, haven't had the opportunity to yet. So it was hats off to them because I'm not sure if I didn't have, you know, those years under my belt that I would have been, you know, capable of doing this, to be honest. Yeah. And stepping out of your comfort zone and taking on new challenges really does give you an opportunity for personal growth and self-discovery. And from what you've been saying, the summit really did afford you that. Um, can you give us a, you know, a further insight into that? Did you oh, look, I, I, I can just start off by saying, I mean, the whole experience was off the wall bonkers. It, it really was. Um, and as an aside, you know, my, my boys were terrified that I was going to get myself cancelled um, because I, I, I do tend to just say what I'm thinking and can be a bit inappropriate. And they, they lived in fear that, oh, Dad, please don't get yourself cancelled. It's so embarrassing. Um, but I, you know, I I, th I thrive for bonkers, to be honest, and I, I feel myself when I'm bored. Um, it sounds a bit melodramatic, but I, f I feel like I'm slowly dying when I'm bored. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it ticked the box for bonkers. And as I said a moment ago, it's, you know, for me, it's, it's rare to be in a room um, with 13 extraordinary people, you know, um, let alone two weeks you know, of an intense challenge, you just, you just, I've just, I've never been in that situation before. Um, I mean, literally 13 extraordinary people, but look what I, what it, it did teach me or what it did reinforce is that, you know, you're never too old to test yourself and to learn as a result, never too old, you know, that's just an excuse. Um, and that's something I'm vehemently uh, opposing. Um, and I, you know, I want to, I guess it also reinforced my commitment to myself to make sure that I never rest on my laurels. You know, I want the experience of, of our little world and of the life that we're given to be my legacy, I suppose. Um, I've kind of coined a phrase that I want to, I want a legacy that's worth remembering. Um, and that's up to me. 
you know, that is totally up to me. And I want to be able to pass what I can down to my boys um, as a role model for them. And, and hopefully the show was, you know, for them, to some degree, they, they were hopefully they were proud of me. They've been quite sort of unspoken about it. Um, but I think, yeah, I think I think it was kind of meaningful to them to see their their old dad doing 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 his thing. Although, yeah, the edit, the edit could have been a bit kinder. But anyway, that's another conversation. But I think that's it, exactly what you said. Um, what you did was a great role model to your children, challenging yourself, showing that you can do anything at any age. And sometimes, as you said before, we get to a stage in our life where it feels stagnant and taking part in a challenge is a great way to kickstart a new journey and start a fire within you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a, you know, an absolute fan of, of constantly setting yourself challenges. I'm not suggesting people... <laughs> Or go out and try and be on a reality TV show. That was kind of extreme. And I took it with gusto. But, um, yeah, constantly have something on the horizon, you know, something to look forward to, something to work towards. Um, for me, mountaineering is, is that challenge because it means I have to work out. I have to go to the gym. Just going to the gym to be healthy is is boring to me. You know, it's, it's like, okay, it sort of feels like kind of cost of entry. I need more than that. You know, when you're when you're mountaineering, um, if you don't train, you potentially will die. <laughs> I mean, it's just, or you may not have the energy or the strength to go the extra mile to to help somebody else. So it sort of forces the issue. So yes, challenges. Um, I have to keep finding ways um, for the rest of my life. And physically, I probably may have 15 years. So again, I sort of start breaking that chapter two down um i have to act now um and keep myself on my toes thank you josh um it has been an absolute pleasure having us having you join us today thank you for sharing your journey with us so fully and with vulnerability and openly it's oh, very inspiring and reminds us all actually to live each day to the full we look forward to speaking with you again very soon i hope so thank you so much Thank you, Josh. Cheerio. Bye-bye.